All right, welcome to another exciting episode of Until Dawn. My name is Koi, and with me, as always, is my beautiful wife, Felicia. Hello, everyone. All right, so we just got back from Alton and the Haunted America Conference, but we're going to cover all that in our next episode. But that's not the actual reason why we haven't put out another episode in the last couple weeks. Felicia, do you want to elaborate on that? I uh, had a dentist appointment like eight days ago, nine days ago. And I accidentally bit a hole through my tongue, so my mouth was really swollen and I couldn't talk. So we had to put off recording the episode till I could speak again and eat again. So but, I take full blame for that. And I blame my dentist because they should have made sure I didn't do that. But in that time that we uh, had off, we did come up with a new segment that we are so eloquent calling... Spooky Scoops. Spooky Scoops. That way, in the beginning of every episode, everyone will be able to get a nice, healthy serving of Spooky Scoops. It'll be paranormal stories or just strange things happening in the news or whatever weird crap we can find on the internet. Right. Should be pretty good. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will. So look forward to that in our next episode. But in this episode, we're going to be covering... The Mineral Springs Hotel, and uh, we were able to get a really great interview from the owner of the building and from one of the owners of It's Raining Zen. It's Raining Zen's a store that's located in the Mineral Springs Hotel now. It's an awesome store. So if you're ever in Alton, you make, make sure you go in there and check it out. I was really upset because I couldn't make it to this interview. I was still at the conference. I was doing some workshops with Rosemarie Ellen Guiley, I think. It was the past life regression. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into that later. All right, so let's take a quick break and dive into tonight's topic, the Mineral Springs Hotel. A sudden draft from a window that was supposed to have been closed. A chill at the back of the neck. Groans, creaks, and bumps in the night. Man has always been frightened by the dark. Troubled by noises just beyond the reach of lights. Occurrences just beyond the reach of understanding. So Mineral Springs wasn't initially supposed to be a hotel. Two brothers, they um, owned a meatpacking plant. And <laughs> they were going to make a ice storage facility. Well, when they started excavating the property, they found mineral springs. And it, the water, they said, had a real sulfuric smell. And so some people came in and told them that they should open up like a mineral springs pool. You know, like a healing facility, hotel, spa. That was really big in the time, you know, we see from like Eureka Springs. Hot Springs. I'm sure there's more. Yeah, I don't know where. But Even yeah. now, people still bathe in hot springs and stuff. And drink the Eureka Springs water. Yeah, it's good water. I always send Koi after that, wherever you get it. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere. So that's exactly what happened. In 1914, the Mineral Springs Hotel was opened. And after that, one of the biggest draws was the pool, which at the time was said to be the biggest in the state of Illinois. And when it came to the mineral water, 
The water was soon shipped all the way down to as far as New Orleans, but the grandeur of that hotel did come to pass. In 1971, the Mineral Springs closed down for good, despite efforts to restore the place to its former popularity with the addition of a huge ballroom. In 1978, it was restored again and was developed into a mall featuring shops and restaurants. So generally, we would cover a lot more history of the building. We'd go more in depth with it. But since we do have the interview, we are going to just let you listen to Dave and Dan from Mineral Springs tell the story of the hotel. So during this interview, there was a tour that came in, and this was recorded in the lobby of the mall. So there will be some background noise, and there will be some times where there will be people walking by. So you just have to bear with it. But there's a lot of great information in it, so here it is. Well, if you guys want to introduce yourselves, just kind of say who you are. And... My name's Dan Hornsey. I'm from Alton. I've lived here all my life. And I'm the owner of Middle Springs Mall at this time, anyway. <laughs> when, when did you purchase it? Uh, a year and a half ago, was it? Not very long ago. And I'm Dave Nunley. I own It's Raining Zen, the little uh, metaphysical new age store here in Middle Springs. And I'm not from here. My wife and I moved here in 2014. She grew up not far from here, but I grew up in Oklahoma. Oh, wow. So this is the first time I've lived in Illinois. It's a big transition. I I had not lived in a town this size um, ever in my life. Um, But I fell in love with this place. And I love Alton. And we're retiring here, and I'm staying here. We're not going to leave. Is this smaller for you, or is this much larger? Much smaller. Much smaller. Any place I've ever lived, yeah. I I can't. Because I grew up in a town like a thousand people. Oh my goodness! So, like one school building. Yeah. My wife's even smaller. I think her town has like six hundred. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I lived there. She lived there all of her life. So. We had a thousand people in my high school graduating class, just in the senior class. So this is is new to me. Um, and and I think that's the charm of Alton is is it's it it is a big town. We have big city amenities, but it has a small town feel. Everyone in town um, knows each other. Um, and that's a good thing. And, and because they're so welcome, welcoming, even though we're new to town, we've gotten to know everybody in town too. And they treat us like family. They treat us like we've lived here our whole lives. That's right. Really nicest nice. people in the world here. Yeah. That's always, yeah. Having that hometown feel, mm-hmm. especially when you didn't grow up there. I mean, it's makes all the difference in the world. So we're at the Mineral Springs mall now. It used to be Mineral Springs hotel. You want to give a little bit of a backstory, a little bit of sure. history on it? Yeah, the, the building is 102 years old. And when it was initially built, it was built by the Lure Brothers, a uh, very famous family here in Alton, um, no longer a part of Alton. But Wedge Bank, just down the street here on Broadway, was, was uh, the, I think it was the first National Bank of Alton. I think I may have the name of the bank wrong, but they started that bank as well. And the, the, the hotel itself was built on top of what was a pork rendering facility. It's commonly called the Slaughterhouse today. Train tracks, and you can still see them. They're behind the building. The trains would pull up, and rather than take the hogs all the way into market in St. Louis, um, there was a booming sort of pork business here in Alton for local products and sausages. The lures were Germans, um, and, and they would take the, the hogs off of the trains. Um, Slaughterhouse, they butchered, rendered the meat there. Hey, what's up, fellas? And hey, how are you guys? Hey, I was going to come see you at the ghost uh, convention. Yeah, nice shirt. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. So, 
tenants in the building. I'll, I'll come back to this in a second. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Um, so, we're going to grab some ice cream quarter Okay. Jeez. So, um, the, the, the pork runner facility was down in the, the, the sub-basement. Okay. And, um, you know, it depends on who you ask, whether the Lure brothers knew about the mineral springs that were on the land. Um, it's pretty much accepted as fact that they did, uh, and they knew what they were doing. You know, the whole country was moving forward with these miraculous mineral springs, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and right. Hot Springs, Arkansas. And, and so Alton got itself on the map as a result of those mineral springs. So they, uh, they started piping the water and bottling it and built this grand hotel on top of it. And, of course, the famous swimming pool just below us. Right. And uh, this was a booming place um, for many, many decades. I, I did hear that the shipping bottled water out, They at one point they were actually bigger than Eureka Springs. Is that... I don't know if that's true or not. I, I, I don't know. I heard a number about how many bottles that they were, I'll say, exporting out of Alton, uh, and it was significant. I mean, it was pretty big. I mean, there used to be two or three different beer bottling facilities, production facilities here in Alton. The, the caves just up the, uh, uh, the river road here. Okay. You know, when you drive up to go to Grafton, the giant piasaw birds painted right. above one of the cave entrances, they would store beer in there. It was natural refrigeration. I mean, the water underneath the city here was used um, for the best purposes they could they could put it to use for. So they could pretty much sell it a little bit more because it because it came from the Mineral Springs hotels. This, this miraculous healing waters. Yeah. So after I know after that and then. The hotel just continued on to grow and grow until about, I guess, beginning of war or... No, the, the, the Lure Brothers, I believe, sold the hotel in 1926. Okay. Um, it was built in 1914. He kept it until 26, and then it was sold at, at maybe 24, 26. I'd have to ask Wayne, our resident historian, for the exact date. Um, but he only held it for about a decade. Sold it right before the Depression. Oh. Uh, which is probably a great time to, right. to get rid of some real estate. But the hotel stayed in operation in one form or another until 1971. Okay. Um, and in 71, it closed for the final time. Um, and then different periods, different owners, some local, some out of state. Um, the building kind of ebbed and flowed as Alton Antique District kind of grew and, and prospered and boomed um, in the 80s. But that faded away too. And just as the sort of the... The, uh, the fortunes of the city have risen and fallen, so have the fortunes of Mineral Springs. And now that, that Dan owns the building and it's locally owned, it, it's coming back. It's coming back strong. Yeah, I, I've been like I said, I've been here twice. My wife's been here three times. It was a year ago was the last time I was actually here. And I can see a huge difference from the last, just in that time period. Your shop's twice as big as it was the last time I was here. And there's more. It's... You can definitely see the renovation and like the, almost like the life really coming back into the building every time. It, it it's amazing what has happened. You know, Dan has has moved forward with renovations, and so the folks that came by that were recorded, uh, uh, Josh and Lauren, live here in the building. Uh, we have we we have two apartments that are occupied. There are three more that are nearing. Uh, being ready for occupation soon, um, and you know, as and, and each apartment gets occupied, and 
the more people come here and more people are here coming in and out of the building, it's it's just going to grow from there. It's, it's a really wonderful thing. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible building. I mean, just on the historic basis. But uh, I do know that there is some haunted lore that... Uh, Different stories. Every you know, every of course, every building has its own stories, and then some have more, more factual, some less. But uh, can you guys elaborate on some of that? You mean tackle last one? All right. So, so here in Mineral Springs, there is fact and there is fiction. Right. And I, I, this is just Dave's opinion. Fiction um, sometimes takes on a life of its own. And some of the haunting accounts have become fictionalized over time. Sort of that old parlor trick or party trick, rather. If I whisper something to you and it goes all the way around the room. The old the, uh, but, telephone game. The oh, by the game. time it got back to me, it's not even what I started right. to talk about. And, and that has happened. And I can give you a wonderful example of that. Um, probably four or five months ago, I guess it was. Um, uh, Dan's uh, team of folks had, had started to work on some renovations, putting a new floor in and, and painting. And you can see those renovations in the back of the building. And uh, there was this beautiful mural that was painted uh, adjacent to the bathrooms. And it was, it was really intricate roses, pink and red, beautiful roses that had been painted. And the story, as it had been told here for many, many years, was that um, the painter who painted these roses, every night uh, their brushes would disappear. The, the spirit uh, was actually attributed to this this front mural here, which is a spirit named Charlie. Um, apparently, Charlie owned owed uh, this bar tab, and it, the way he could pay this tab off was to paint this mural in the front of the building. And uh, uh, one night, he became so despondent about the bar tab that he went upstairs and hung himself. And, they had to bring in someone else to finish the mural, and because someone else finished Charlie's mural, he haunted the mural, and because no one else could paint in the building, Charlie haunted that mural as well. And there is no historical fact for a spirit named Charlie or an artist's mural. And, and in fact, depending on who you ask, some of the previous owners have joked about having that mural painted um, in this building <laughs> in the 60s or so, not in the 70s and 80s. Right. Um, so I can't speak to that one with authenticity, but I can speak to the Rose Mural that I was talking about. Um, so the story, all these years had gone by, and, and, and it had been repeated almost every investigation and tour that, that the artist could never finish the mural, and it took weeks and months and months and months. Well, I was in the hallway, and I don't remember why I was there, but this just delightful old lady, elderly lady, probably the better way to say that, came down the hall, and she was touching the mural, and she had some women about my age with her. And, and I asked her if I could help her. And she said, well, I painted this mural. So my first reaction is, no, you didn't. Um, but, but I've also learned not to say things like that. And I said, really, can you tell me how you did this? And she taught uh, painting classes in the building. Um, in the uh, 80s, when this was an antique mall, um, many of these rooms back here were used as you know, private instruction rooms. Well, one night she and two of her friends tied on one and <laughs> painted that mural in one night. And she had pictures of her doing it. And so I'm talking to her and it became very clear to me she she was telling the truth. And so I introduced her to our, our building historian. And his first reaction to it was, no, you didn't do that. <laughs> and, and, and she was very sassy. She's like, no, I did. And I can prove to you that I did. 
when did you open a business here? And, and he told her, she goes, you weren't even here when I did this, so you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it, 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 it sounds as though it was sort of combative, but it wasn't. Right. And, and that's the long answer to your question. Fact and fiction. Um, there are many factual accounts of things in this building, things that I've experienced, that Dan, you know, is not here as much as I am, but, but we do see things, we feel things, we hear things. Security cameras in the front of the building for our, our tenant's safety have captured people jumping out of their skin because they hear a loud crash. Uh, and I hear it, I have it recorded. Um, Lord knows I've captured many different things on, on investigations here. Um, but then there's these, these fictional accounts, too, of drownings in the pool. Um, I have no doubt that that pool is quite haunted. Um, but I don't think anybody can point to one coroner's report of anyone right. drowning in that pool. This, the Jasmine Lady story, I have no doubt there is a spirit in this building mm -hmm. who responds to the Jasmine Lady. I've recorded her on the staircase saying misunderstood. I reported the spikes on the K2 meter. There is no coroner's report of anyone falling down the stairs and breaking your neck. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. But to tie what we believe happened in this building to some historical account, right. some actual, actual account, it means so much to be able to do that, yeah, and it's just not possible. Documentation, something concrete to back up yeah. the story. Because I mean, I know the the one there's course of three stories one was charlie the other is down in the pool the you know the wife uh, comes down sees her husband with another lady hits him hits him in the face he falls down into the pool and ends up drowning mm -hmm. you know, that's one of the lore, some of the lore and of course the jasmine lady as well kiss andrew the story of the little girl um you know, when I moved into this this store here, um, Dan had cleared this room out for us, and, and as we were moving in, there was still dust. I mean, it just it is what it is. The building was undergoing renovations. It still is. It's going to be a labor of love for for many many years to to, 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 to do the things that this building once represented all of them. And on the floor in there in the dust, we would find the letter C. So how old was Cassandra, this young girl that allegedly died in the pool? Was she three? Was she six? Could she write the letter C? Did she even know what the letter C was? She was infatuated with my, my pink agates that I sold in my store. Every morning I came in, I would find pink agates spread all over the floor. I found them in my toolbox at home. When I would go home and go out to my garage to get tools to work on something at home that I'd had up here. Um, that happened for a solid month or two. It hasn't happened since. Um, but I've been in the pool, and I've also seen balls roll uphill on a table for somebody um, in an area where there's a lot of children's toys. I can't explain what caused those things. I can't explain the orbs that we've captured that respond to us calling out her name, and they fly up from the pool and circle around in front of us and fly up into the ceiling. I can't explain the mists that we've recorded, but I, I, I know they're there. Right. Have you had any interactions or experiences that you, you, know, you want to share? Uh, I've, Charlie, I've kind of experienced him a little bit. Uh, just I never really, just like my hair raising up on the back of my neck and stuff. Uh, I haven't had a lot. Uh, I've seen some of the pictures that Dave showed me of people <laughs> cleaning out, looking the minutes in the orbs. And the, you know, and I smell, well, I smell the jasmine too. Is there 
between the both of you, is there any area in the in the building that you don't like to go to? That makes you kind of gives you that un, uneasy feeling. Yeah. Besides the torture museum, because well, below, think, there. <laughs> below there, below there, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, the, the building is very. If I use the word organic, it changes, it evolves, it, things expand and things contract in this building. And there are, are places in the building that were very active a year ago that are not active today at all. There are places in this building that have never been recorded as being active that are exceptionally active. Um, the banquet hall downstairs. To the side of the banquet hall, there's a men's and a ladies' lounge area. And my wife and I have, have hosted a half a dozen, probably more than that now, probably a dozen or two dozen investigations down there. And we have recorded uh, EVPs. Uh, the last time we were down there, uh, a good 30-second conversation between a little girl and her mother talking about, Mama, I want to go home. No, not yet. <laughs> I mean, that is... To hear the voice of a child um, will get your attention. Right. Um, upstairs, uh, uh, one particular window, um, and, and you know, when we moved into the building, this building had been investigated and explored by paranormal enthusiasts for for decades. But there's one room upstairs uh, where there is a, a blanket and a teddy bear, and it sits next to a room that is commonly called Pearl's room, and. I have recorded some really amazing EVPs um, at the window right there where the teddy bear and the blanket sit. And the, the, the voices of children. Um, recorded growls. It doesn't bother me. Um, um, back when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. We've recorded the names of people that we've tried to reconcile against the microfiche uh, archives in the Alton Telegraph. Um, Dick Mitchum or Dick Mitchell, uh, Mary um, Herbert was another name that we got. Um, we've gotten free me. Now I, I don't know what free me means. It can mean any number of things, right. but I know what I assume it might mean, and and, and that's disturbing for me. Right. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want to think that anyone that's been left behind here, whatever you believe the spirits may be, is in pain or is trapped here in some way. Yeah. And we've had people, um, it, it is true, we've had a couple of folks in the last year and a half or so that we've been in Dan's building, because um, we're here every day. Um, sometimes we're even here on Monday, the day we're closed. And we've had people come in and say, how could you possibly own a business in a building like this? And why don't you just let us come in and free all these spirits and let them move on to the other side? Um, wouldn't it be better for this building and for Alton in general to get rid of this this reputation that they have as you know, the most haunted small town in America? And, and I just scratch my chin and go, I, I can't believe you're coming here and saying that. Um, it's part of this town's history. I mean, going back to the Confederate prison down at the base of the uh, Broadway here, to, to, to the stories that have circulated around Alton for, for decades, um, the paranormal tourism business 
is significant for this town's economy. We just had the Haunted America 2017 conference in Alton. And there's a couple of hundred people that came from all over the country. I had a lady from San Jose come to investigate the building last night. I, I had a young, young man, he's 16 years old, from my hometown, my brother's hometown in Oklahoma. Piedmont, <laughs> Oklahoma, of all places, at that convention today. And I overheard him talking about being from Piedmont, and I said, Oklahoma? And he said, yeah. I mean, that's a long ways to come to Alton, Illinois. And, and I think it's a marvelous reputation the community has. Absolutely. And this building particularly. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to think, to automatically assume, too, that they may enjoy being here, and that's why they are here. We, you know, you can't assume that spirits are bad or they're all demons or, you know, you know, so it may be something that they love this building so much and they love their time here that they've chosen to stay here. I think, you know, the... the the other side, death is death is something we're all going to face at one point. We will. Everyone will die. And and what happens to us when we die is one of life's great mysteries. We we have faith um, in different beliefs. We have di- faith in different religions. We have faith in potentially an afterlife of some kind. But but no one can speak with certainty about exactly what happens. We can feel strongly convicted about what might happen. Um, but none of us have experienced death. I suppose a handful of people have died and been resuscitated and, and think their stories are consistent on what they've experienced. Um, but but I, I would say this. For folks who come to Alton or come to Mineral Springs and say, oh my gosh, we should just clear this out. Um, it's not our place to decide whether that's what should happen. Right. And, and often the folks that I think say, oh, we should just help these spirits move to the other side, tend to also be the first people that also say, well, there's no such thing as a ghost. But just to be safe, let's move them to the other <laughs> side. Uh, because uh, they can't explain it. And, and when you can't explain the unexplainable, then then you end up resolving to fate or story or folklore or, or fairy tale to, 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 to give meaning to it. Out of, just based lore wise, what do you? What's the uh, most entertaining story that you've heard about the hotel? Not doesn't have to be true, but paranormal related or, or real life? Either or. Oh my god, there's two <laughs> fundamentally different things. But from the paranormal side of things, you know, the story of the Jasmine Lady, I think, is the most entertaining um, because it's perfectly plausible. You know, and the story goes that this, this woman and her husband were staying here in the hotel, and he was working in town. And uh, as he was so busy uh, with his job, she was left alone here. And desiring the attention of a male suitor um, had a, a young man on the staff of the hotel pay her visits in her room. Husband came home, caught them in the room. This was up on the second floor. Uh, and whether this happened or not, the way the story's told, there was an altercation. And the husband uh, chased her to the top of the staircase, and there was either some kind of, 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 of altercation where they either, um, she either fell, or she was pushed down the stairs and she died. And then some people say, oh, and he went back to the room and was so distraught for having done that, he hung himself. It's an awesome story. I mean, that would make a great movie. I mean, I can you can just see central casting putting 
you know, Julia Roberts is the is the Jasmine lady in the movie. It would be awesome. Um, that is the. I think the most fanciful story, and I like telling the story because it's perfectly believable. You right. can see it happening in it all. And it's a fun story to tell, you know. It is. I'd love to see her myself. I'd love to see her. <laughs> We've smelled her. I think yeah. we all have. Um, and then in real life, um, you know, um, we see it all. Um, it, you know, I, I think back to the short time I've lived in Alton, I think to Halloween Parade you know, out here and seeing the kids getting candy and the floats going by and the bands and the building feeling alive um, to, you know, seeing Dan drive by during the day and, um, you know, waving and stopping in and, hey, how you doing? It's this small town feel where everyone really gives a damn about each other. And to me, you know, it it, it sounds sappy, but it, it... it's really meaningful of all the places that I've lived uh, to, to decide to retire here and be a part of this town. It's really meaningful for me. And, and this building has kind of been the central reason why we decided to stay. And the people associated with the building have become like a big extended family. I know your listeners heard all that ruckus over, you know, they don't have a direction for it, but all the people in the lobby that were just talking. Um, that was Chris Sutton, who's become a good friend of mine. Rob Damaris, who hosted Ghost Hunters Internationals in town. You know, I've broken bread with Chris and his wife. I couldn't tell you many times. His son, Max, is going to come clean my horse pasture. <laughs> Those are the things I think about when I think about Mental Springs is the family. Dan's like family to me. So where would you guys like to see the building? What's what's your goal? What's the, you know, best case, you know, best case scenario? Where, where do you want to see the building go from here? Well, hopefully, yeah, keep going. You know, uh, it's it's a big project and all that. I mean, it's it's uh, probably more my lifetime's project, to tell you the truth. I mean, but it's wants to just keep going. You know. the apartments are looking real good back there. I mean, the one's really, really pretty sharp. It's amazing. I mean, if you, if you just walk around the building and you look in the common areas and see the improvements that have made, just go down to the banquet hall downstairs, and you know, Dan's team has gotten that room. 99% restored pretty good and we we hosted a uh, we've hosted a couple of weddings in there already mm-hmm. um, you know and, and we're not operating under any kind of assumption that, that this is a banquet hall that's going to command an absurd amount of rent like something in St. Louis might right but it is it is it's the right kind of place for all of them um, and it's. I'll speak. I, I will tell a story for Dan that he's too humble to tell. I think, and and I don't want to cause any offense by it, but I've seen Dan go out of his way to help everybody, and by everybody I mean Zumba class, I mean drum circles, I mean concerts where people could come and. It, it wasn't about money. It was it was about bringing the building alive and giving back to this community and, and, and helping people, um, genuinely and, and compassionately helping people. Um, and I, I, I think as much progress has been made in the building already, it's just amazing. It's better than boarding it up. I think they were getting ready to board it up, from what I understood. It's been condemned more than once, but to fight its way back. Do you guys think that 
how much like work that you guys that everyone's put into it. Pretty much that you know that raw emotion that they've great projects of, of restoration. Do you think that's really kind of turned the spirits or you know whatever happens to be here to a positive more than a negative, and that they you know respect you guys for what work you put into it? I think more positive. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I agree with Dan. I mean, we we are very grateful for the reception that we've received from the community for, for our little business here. Um, we are we've grown in ways that we never expected to grow. I think we've grown in ways that you never expected to see us grow. Um, and it, it's been good. It's very humbling for us. I think that the people that come into the building that, that shop with me, I think they bring in positivity. I think they bring in a lot of love, a lot of goodwill for each other because it's the kind of store that we have. Um, I, I, I think as more people come through the store, and you know, on a Saturday we can have 30 people in the store at any one time. So we're seeing not just a handful of people, but an exponential increase in the number of people that come in the front doors of Mineral Springs. I think that energy they bring with them transforms the building. And, and I don't believe that there are malevolent spirits in this building. I haven't experienced them. Um, and if they are, um, I, I, well, there are, I haven't experienced it. Right. But what I have experienced is, is a lot of love in this building. And I think that's what the building's about. I know that's... Dan's sitting here next to me on the couch. I know that's what Dan's about because he gives a damn about everybody. I've never met a man with a bigger heart. That's good. That's really good to hear. It's the smaller pool. Yeah. Downstairs. Men's pool. Men's pool. Any any experiences there? Because I have one, and I'm going to wait to see what you guys say before I say mine. I've been in there a number of times. I, it's, there's, I don't know. I, I really haven't had a major experience, but I, you can feel something in there. I, did Donna pay you to ask that question? Absolutely not. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> until last night, my answer was no. And and last night, because of the haunted America convention that's in town, um, there was an investigation here last night that started at ten o'clock. And um, I am uh, I'm very territorial about this building. Um, I protect Mill Springs because we're here. Right. I protect this as though it were my home, and I feel. I have an obligation to Dan to look at for the building because right. uh, we're here. And so I, I came up here last night about 8 o'clock, 8.30, and my wife, Donna, said, I, I think I saw a man come through the front door, but I didn't see him leave. Could you please make sure it's okay? So I have keys you know, to everything. I have flashlights, so I, I go through this building. I can make the rounds in this entire building in 30 minutes or less if I have to and, and so I'm going through the building trying to find out what, what happened what's going on and um, there's a lot of rooms there's a lot of closets a lot of nooks and crannies to explore and, and particularly when I get down to where that pool is that you're talking about I have never had an experience until last night and the experience I had was that um, while lights on the staircase as I was walking down the staircase went off I didn't hit the switch, and I had a, a, Chris Sutton was with me. As a matter of fact, he didn't hit the switch either, and and we were frightened. Then we walked into um, a room that's near that pool. It's on the back side of that pool. 
um, because I have to make sure that no one's down there. Right. I mean, you just don't know. And um, I walked into the room. Lights came on as though someone hit the switch. There's no one there. There's a radio down there, too. A little AM, FM antenna radio. On it came. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I looked at Chris, and I'm like, I, I, there's a trash can of old staircase. Uh, what are those things called? Balusters that are, is that what that's called? Ballast for the... Yeah. The, the, the 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 sticks that in a a, a staircase for the handrail. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not kidding. I grabbed one out of the trash can, um, and I'm ready to just take it to somebody's head um, <laughs> if someone jumps out of the shadows at me. Because I was I was frightened. Right. Um, that happened last night, and and again, we never saw the person leave the building, and we're not really sure what happened. But that's the only time I've had an experience. In that room or adjacent to that room? Since you shared yours, I'll share mine. It was the first time I was here. It was uh, probably two to three years ago. We were with uh, the Paranormal Task Force. Of, mm-hmm. And my wife was down. We were both down there in the pool. My wife was at one end. I was at the other. We were talking, you know, asking if anybody, if you guys enjoyed swimming in here, if this pool was better than the other pool. And within, within a minute of each other, my wife feel something brush along go along her leg mm-hmm. within you know within less time than that I feel someone do the same thing to me mm-hmm. and neither one of us said anything after the fact until it was, it was over we talked to each other like did you have anything down you know and she told her and I said the same thing so that was the only that was one of the only times I've been touched here but it was uh, it was definitely the first it was also the first time I'd ever been touched on an investigation so it was an exciting time I don't, we didn't think anything about it. we think someone was swimming in the pool yeah I've never been touched in this building I've been touched on other investigations and uh, uh, I've been scratched um, but I had to learn how to protect myself and not permit that to happen to me and, and it took me many years to figure out exactly what it was I should have been doing differently to keep that from happening but I will tell you this um, there is hardly an investigation that goes by where I do not have at least one or two people that are investigating Mill Springs with me report being touched or having their hair pulled or stroked. It's never violence. It's right. never uh, uh, malevolent, but it's like a gentle caressing. And my wife has had that experience here um, more than one time. It, it's something that, I hate to say it, but we're here six days a week. We've gotten used to it. Right. Um, it just doesn't bother us anymore. And that's good. That's you know, and that shows, you know, because people there's you know some people are, have a fear of this, but they come in here and they see you guys work here every day. It's not it's not something to be scared of. It, you know, you just need to understand it and respect boundaries. We we, I think you're completely right. I I, I, I also think it depends too on the style of the person doing the investigation. Um, I am I approach it from a very deeply spiritual perspective. Um, where, uh, because we do not know what the other side holds for any of us. We believe, like I said earlier, we believe we know, but we don't know. And so I think we have to approach that out uh, of a spirit of dignity, out of respect, right. um, for, for those who've gone before us. I, I do not like it when I hear people using the term ghost hunting. Um, you don't hunt a ghost. You can investigate paranormal activity, but 
ghosts are not ours to hunt, I believe. And I also will put a stop to anyone taunting the spirits in this building right. um, if I'm aware of it, because I do not believe taunting is a useful tactic whatsoever. And I understand the guys on TV do it, and it makes a great TV show, but I also think it's completely unrealistic. Uh, because what it does is it leads those who do not have the experience and the understanding of knowing how to protect themselves from, say, a malevolent spirit. They think that's what they're supposed to do. And if they don't know how to protect themselves from that energy coming at them, then they're inviting it in. Come right. touch me. Come show. You, 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 you can't do things like that. Right. Well, it doesn't work in everyday life. Why, no. why would it be useful in doing something with the afterlife? Yeah. Who wants to have a conversation with someone who taunts them at a bar, you know, I dare you to. No one's going to have that conversation. So, yeah. So do you do investigations on a normal basis or? Every day. Every day. <laughs> uh, no, we, 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 we host, what, one of the wonderful things that's changed about Mineral Springs under Dan's ownership is that um, the building is open to everyone. It is not um, a monopoly. This is Alton's treasure, right. and groups that want to come and investigate are welcome to come and investigate. There's expenses associated with investigating, oh, so, yeah. and they're, they're reasonable. In fact, they're way more reasonable than many other places oh, that I have absolutely. investigated. Um, but the key is that we have to get as many people here as we can. One, these experiences deserve to be shared by as many Right. people as possible. And the other thing is, as more people come to the door, and, and quite frankly, um, as, as more groups come here, like the group coming tonight, Riverbend Paranormal hosts investigations. There was an all-ladies group that investigated a few weeks ago. Um, my store hosts investigations here about every six weeks or so. We're all friends. Everyone knows each other. Right. Everyone loves each other. We each charge something slightly different. Um, some are much less expensive. Some are a little bit more expensive. Um, everyone kind of uses the same gear. Um, and that that's kind of what it's about, is, is sharing this with everybody. Um, you know, just with the Haunted America convention that's in town, I had a dozen people come to my booth at the at the convention and asked what they should do and I said you need to go investigate McPike that's an awesome place to go well why aren't you telling me to come to Mineral Springs because you don't have to do Mineral Springs tonight and tomorrow you have a thousand different ways that you can investigate Mineral Springs McPike is not available with six days a week you just can't show up at McPike and walk in a store and say hey I heard about this place can you take me down to the pool I'd like to see it if someone comes in the building and they see Dan or they see me and they say can we go see the pool we're going to take him down there it's it's what it's about right that's great yeah alright so in closing any final thoughts anything you guys want to share with everybody you're the mayor um um for your listeners, if if what they've heard interests them, and Mineral Springs is a place they've read about and they haven't experienced, um, we, we invite them to come. Um, if it's only for 10 minutes, come and get one of us. Um, we're here. Uh, we will take you around. We'll take you to the Jasmine Lady Staircase. We'll take you down to the pool. We'll take you to the ladies' bathroom. 
the hallway by the ladies' bathroom, which is a whole different story that most people don't talk about. Um, but we'll expose you to those things that happen in this building and let you be, a, be your own judge. Um, if anything, you're going to walk away from here with this great appreciation for this 102-year-old crown jewel with terrazzo floors and crazy, awesome plaster ceilings and this amazing vibe. Worst, it's the worst case. You get an appreciation for a beautiful old historic building. Best Absolutely. case, you, you can experience something. Absolutely. All right. Well, I thank you both greatly for your time and you know just taking the time to share this with me and the listeners. And look forward to seeing you guys again. Thank you. Thank you. Always welcome back. All right. So let's talk about some of the experiences that we've had when we've been there. So the one that sticks out the most would be when we were in the men's pool and I said that I felt something, something touching my leg. And then you had said, you know, if you can touch her, can you touch me? And almost immediately you started feeling something brush up against my leg. Right. And the good part about that is, is that we were both standing at opposite ends of the pool and it happened pretty much on command. Right. And when you explained how it was feeling to you, that's exactly how it felt to me. And it was almost like a water feeling. Like Yeah, the best way I could describe it is if someone swam against you in a pool. Right, it was just a very strange feeling. Not the usual feeling that you get, I don't know. Right. And it wasn't too long after that that you started complaining about feeling sick, right? Yeah, I was feeling really sick, just nausea, headache, just feeling really, just really bad in general. And I headed back up to what I'd call our command central. What would you call it? What do you call it? <laughs> you call it something else. <laughs> well, I've called it lots of things. But... Yeah, your army came out. Though. Yeah. I can't remember what you called it. Anyway, I went back to where everybody was meeting up, and there was a man in there. And he had been down in the same area probably about 45 minutes before us. And he had gotten really sick in there, too. So, which I know you're thinking, high EMFs. But we did have our EMF things in there, and there was not high EMF in there. So. Yeah, because no, besides the lights, there really wasn't any yeah. working and we outlets had, or anything. We had scanned the whole building, so I know it wasn't that. So it was just to have that experience and then see somebody else that was having the same experience was kind of cool. And that was our first investigation there with when we were there with PTF. Yeah, Paranormal Task Force. And our second one was a private investigation. With LIPS, Ladies Investigative Paranormal Society. And we had some pretty good experiences there as well. Down in the other pool in the back room. Oh yeah, we had... Uh... We were getting really good responses on answering with K2s, which that was a controlled environment. Nobody had any any other electronics on. Right. And it was very ask a question, get a response. And it was very against our friend Angela. I don't yeah. know what it was about her, but everything that we, you know, we could ask tons of questions and everything was fine. But if we talked about Angela, mm -hmm. it would, you know, it would go off and... Finally, Angela asked if he, if uh, the spirit wanted her to leave. Supposedly, it's a man named William that haunts that area. 
and it lit up so Angela left the room but that was pretty crazy there's it just all seemed to be centered around her that night yeah because after she left we didn't get anything else no it's very slow after that and of course just last weekend when we were there we went by our last day in Alton to get some extra pictures yeah so we stopped by it's raining in and Donna Dave's wife she took us down and she was going to take us down to the pool room to let us get some pictures down there. And it was locked up, so I know nobody was down there. Right, because she had to unlock it just right. so we could get in there to take pictures. And immediately, she, you know, she talked to William, and we started hurting. We started hurting. <laughs> started hurting cats. <laughs> hurting ghosts. We started hearing uh, knocks, and then um, I heard footsteps walking up through the back and that's like a dirt floor back there i don't know how many of our listeners have been there but it's but we could hear um footsteps and then we heard knocking again so i mean that was like immediate was yeah really... she asked like william if you're there can you knock for us and right then, i mean it was like it was like on command right and then the footsteps and then we you know we said if you knocked again we would leave and Again, it was knocks like almost immediately, which I imagine like Donna and Dave are there all the time. So if they're comfortable with anybody, they would be comfortable with them. Right. So, and then we headed out. We were going upstairs and there's a laundry area and I'm still creeped out by that. Donna was like, well, why don't we just go down here and see, you know? So we walked back there and she says something about the back room, kind of gives her a creepy feeling or whatever. And so I turn on, well, you turned on your flashlight. Right. We walked back and I got to the back area where there's like just a little, like a closet. And I couldn't even walk past it. Like the energy was so crazy in that room. And I felt what, it felt like something like touched my foot, like stopping me from walking. And that just creeped me the hell out. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as I walked in there, I mean, the best way to describe it, for someone that wasn't there is like the room was filled with electricity like you could just feel all your hair standing up and uh, that's the best way i can describe it, it was just you could just feel it. it's almost like when it's super humid outside and you walk outside you can just feel the humidity in the air yeah the it was the same way only it just felt like electric right yeah like never have i not walked into a room but i literally stopped at the door there i couldn't walk into that place it was it was crazy. I've never, I, I don't know, I can't remember the last time I felt that much energy in a room. But we did a short EVP session. Didn't get anything. No, not we, that time. we did hear knocks again in there, but I can't confirm that it wasn't. Oh, when you were standing by the door? I was by the door, so, so I don't know that I didn't hit the door. So I just threw that out, but it was very cool. Yeah, definitely without a doubt, one of my favorite places to go to. Yeah, we're going to try to go back out there and. October-ish. Sometime, yeah. Sometime when it's cooler. Yes. Not so hot. It gets so hot up there. Yeah. Like in Pearl's room. So, but yeah. I definitely want to get out there and investigate again soon. Yeah, that's for sure. And if anybody else wants to, they do paranormal investigations out there all the time. Your best bet is to contact It's Raining Zen. And we'll have all that information in our show notes. And on our Facebook, I will add 
an album of pictures of Mineral Springs. I've added a few to our Instagram, but there's a lot, so I will just make an album there so that everybody can check them out. So I think that covers it for Mineral Springs, unless there's something else that you would like to add. No, nothing comes to mind. Okay. If you would like to contact us, have any questions or comments, show suggestions, you can email us at untildawnpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Until Dawn Podcast. Or you can also call us at 913-703-3296. And if you call and leave us a message, we'll play it on the show. Or you can just text us and we'll read your message on the show. One thing you can do if you'd like to help the show is rate and review us on iTunes. It makes it a lot easier for other people to find the show when they're searching for it. And that would be amazingly awesome. Once again, we would like to thank Dave and Donna from It's Raining Zen for the help they gave us getting the interview and just showing us around and just being cool. They're very helpful. So, And we will put a link to their store in our show notes and on our Facebook page. I think I've already tagged them on Instagram, so everybody needs to go check them out. They are such amazing people. All right, I think that does it. Yep. So until next time, I'm Koi. I'm Felicia. And this is Until Dawn.